Hello everyone and welcome to the Brunton Bugle, the number one place to get your Cali United fix in the podcast world. I'm Lee Rooney. And I'm Dan McLennan. One point gained or two points dropped. We reviewed last weekend's game where United salvaged a draw in the final minutes against fellow struggles Colchester. While we look ahead to the return of everyone's favourite pantomime villain this weekend as Swindon Town come to Brunton Park. Yeah, we're going to be hearing about uh, Mr McCurdy quite a bit in today's episode, I think it's fair to say, Dan. It's a... Uh... Yeah, just, no inter- surprise. Interesting to see what reception he gets. I'm going to guess it's not a very good one, to be honest. It's not going to be a good one, is it? He's made no secret of his displeasure of his time here. Well, it's a weird one, is it? We'll get into what it'll but I mean, I think he probably wouldn't have been as bad until some of the comments he made fairly recently. And I just mm. don't get it. Just, just, I'd, I'd love to know what goes on in that boy's head. I really would. Um, well. well, let's get straight into it, Dan, because we've got quite a bit to cover today. Um and first up, I think we need to start with this again. There's still no news. David, where are you? The we're going to get some. Po- we're going to get some posters printed and put them up around Brunton Park. Have Have you seen this man? Yeah, there's, there's a flag going up soon. I think that's fair to say. Um, <laughs> yeah, if, if you if you look on social media, a fan has a flag, shall we say? Yeah, it's uh, interesting. There's, there's plenty of salt and pepper at Brunton Park for you, David, to get on your chips. Why? Why? why just stop the music a second. Yes, yes. Stop the music. Yeah. Salt and pepper. I know. Salt and vinegar. I know. It, it, it's just absolute nonsense, isn't it? That alongside the fact that he claimed he'd never been relegated when he's been relegated twice as a player with Watford is... Yeah. Yeah, something else. Anyways, David, where are you? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's week, God knows what. I mean, what was it? Mid-October the last time he actually spoke to the media. That's the yeah. director of football there. Although interestingly, as, as we'll hear later, because we actually did a bit of the opposition podcast this week, at Swindon Town, their director of football has not spoken since he was appointed last summer. So maybe it's been... Well, at least he's being consistent. At least he's being consistent. He's obviously doing his work in the background and... Mm. Maybe he maybe doesn't want to be at the forefront. Yeah, although that we, is... we've got a director of football who loves when it's going well, loves yes. to uh, promote himself. Yes, very true. Well, let, let's move on then, Dan. Um, first up in the news section, uh, Barrow Waity tickets have been confirmed, haven't they? Um, I mean, yeah, this is going to be fun, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, no surprise. It's a small allocation. I think there's there's some interesting reactions on Twitter. To this you've got to be realistic. The ground holds what's it four, just over four thousand, four and a half thousand, like that. I think it's five. Yeah, something like that. And so, so basically, but we're getting around about twelve percent in terms of uh, allocation, which is about right, to be honest. It's, it's you know, it's, it's all we were ever. It's all we were ever ever going to get. Yeah. So I mean, it, it's actually about. But I, I, I'll tell you some of Barrow fans. Mm. You better sell out your part. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Pressure's on now. Yeah. Um. Yeah, interestingly, uh, the allocation is actually 112 seat tickets and 500 terracing tickets. That's actually 100 less than the normal terracing allocation. I think that's possibly on police advice and probably to do with some of the incidents that have happened at our games this season maybe have had a little bit of an effect there, potentially. 
we don't know the deals. And uh, as it stands, it's a three o'clock kickoff. We've heard nothing else. Otherwise, have we done? No, no, nothing. It's uh, apart apart from the announcement they were on sale. It's all been very quiet. Yeah, well, see, the last last time it was quite late that they announced the change to the uh, Barrow kickoff. So yeah, the tickets go on sale to season ticket holders after the Swindon game, which could lead to some interesting scenes in the second half. You know, people potentially leaving. 10 minutes before the end of the game possibly to go and queue for tickets at the main stand it's it's i'm on my deck i'm on my deck chair at the ticket office now (laughs) it's uh it's one of those ones isn't it i can see why they've done it because they're trying to be fair on season ticket holders who work during the week and won't be able to queue on a monday morning or something like that but it's potentially going to lead to a really weird situation especially with such a small allocation we're trying to work out amongst people I go to games with as to who's going to nip out early to go and queue for the rest of us because you can this one, the club hasn't sort of publicly said this but you don't all have to go individually if you've got a mate who knows your detail yeah as long as you've got their details yeah address and season ticket number they can go and queue on your behalf so I think we're yeah. trying to work out whether one of us goes out or a couple of us go out or something like that it's a, it's I think a, it you know, depends on the match doesn't it if it's if it's 3-0 down and McCurdy scored 2 they'll be There'll be a queue of 2,000 just for the crack, won't Which, I mean, it's, it's, which is a potentially farcical situation. That's why I always thought, this is a really risky one to do in that way. But, but hey-ho, it's done now, isn't it? It's sorted. Um, do you have an update on the loans, Dan? Yeah. Because um, there's a couple of interesting ones in here, isn't there? I mean, should we start with the one that's caused a bit of a stir over the last week? Lewis Bell. This is one that we Ooh. mentioned, isn't it? Um we 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 thought that potentially because he he basically he failed to start or failed to come off the bench in his first two appearances. He then started against um, Grand from Town, I think it wasn't. Oh no, it wasn't. He was left out against Grand from Town. Apologies. He started a game I can't remember who it was against now, and he came off at half time and then didn't feature against Grand from Town. And we presumed oh he probably got a knock or something like that, didn't we? Turns out yeah. we we called him back. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, they've basically, made a couple of days later, the club have basically said they're not happy with the way he's being used, so they've recalled him. And Millen's comments are very strong. I mean, just read some of here. He said, that's annoying me, that one. Um, we've called him back. He's got to see his loan out, but that's not worked, that one, for whatever reason. He won't be going back there, nor will any other players from us. We need to find somewhere else because he needs to play games. He will be looking for that. He has 10 days, something like that, on the loan. That won't be happening again. He's come back was because they're not going to use him and I don't want him going there. There's no point. He's been training with us this week, but he can't be involved with us until the loan finishes. Warrington Town's chairman wasn't very happy about this, though, was he? I think it's fair to say. He bit back and actually replied both to John Coleman's article, not at John, but at the quote, and also to the cl- club's official article, saying, not as annoying as how incorrect the narrative on it is. Sometimes loans don't work out for a number of reasons, so why not just say that instead of painting a picture about my club? There's many things I could say, but let's say he wasn't recalled after he was subbed at halftime on Sat. I mean, obviously he's been recalled because he wasn't included in the squad on in the midweek game, potentially. But I don't. It's quite messy, this, isn't it? I'm not. I'm not yeah. a fan of, of of the way we. I'll be honest, with you, I'm not a fan with the way Millen's handled it. I don't know what your thoughts are, Dan. It was a random loan to begin because yeah. it's not as though we're some sort of 
you know, relationship with uh, clubs around Warrington, you know. It, yeah, we played them a couple of years of ago, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. That's the only link I can think. Yeah, I mean, if he if he'd ended up at Penrith or something, you'd say fair enough. But no, it was a bit of a strange one, this, and it clearly hasn't gone to plan. Whether he's not good enough, he's not ready, or he's too good for them and they'd only shown up, who knows? It's a, it's a strange one. It, it's um, like you said, we haven't really got a link with him. You think somewhere like maybe Lancaster City, where we developed a link with at the start of the season with Fishburne, would have made more sense. And it's the same level. But then again, maybe Lancaster just didn't want him or didn't need him for their squad. Maybe yeah, they're, they're yeah. fine in the right wing position. That's, that's what you've got to remember. We can't just say, take him, because the club might go, well, we've got a right winger. We don't really need a right winger at the moment. Yeah, yeah. And um, I mean, it, it, I mean we've got to remember that they're going for promotion, Warrington. And he's played that 45 minutes. And it, by all accounts, from people who were there, said he, he didn't do much. He was ineffective. And, and they've got a lad on loan from Preston. And he started every game since he went in. So he's clearly good enough. So, yeah. Um, yeah it um, is... I think I think for the player, just chalk it down to experience. Maybe a little bit of a reality um, check for the club and the player, maybe, that he needs possibly, to... Possibly, possibly. That he probably needs but, to toughen uh, up. I, I think, it, like I say, chalk it down to experience. We're clearly not going to uh, converse with Warrington, especially from the comments the chairman made. And uh, watch us draw them in the cup next year now. Yeah, you can see that can happen. Um, but yeah, I think I think for Lewis, he, I mean, he he needs to get go somewhere and play a game. But he needs to he yeah. have to toughen up because the one thing that stood out yeah. for me when he's played is he looks a bit lightweight. He might have all the yeah. talent in the world, but if when, when Liam McCarran broke into the first team, he had a bit of toughness about him, didn't he? He wasn't the biggest player, but he didn't shirk a challenge, did he? And that's why a club like Leeds were happy to pay the money to sign him. Yeah. And so, McCad- McCadden's obviously kicked on a bit as well, hasn't he? Because yeah. he's been on the fringes of the Leeds. Uh, yeah. Bench. He's been on the bench, etc. you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's move on then. Uh, well, Josh Dixon didn't play because Workington didn't play. There was some sort of weird sort of break at that level, wasn't there this year, I think? There's a weekend where there was Very no bizarre. games. Very odd. Very bizarre. Um, but then they actually haven't got that many games left, Workington, and they're obviously in a strong position to go up. Uh, I, I think I think a lot of the non lower non league teams uh, leagues now what they do is they cram the first half of the season yeah. is they play a lot midweek early, and then it leaves the later half midweeks for catch up. Yeah, any postponed etc. Yeah, that, that that is generally what they do. To be fair, um, Taylor Charters, uh, he's. Came on as a sub after 81 minutes in the 4-0 win over Alfred in town in the National League North for Gateshead. Um, we'll, we'll talk about that one in the XL section later, won't we? Um, he was booked in the 93rd minute. Well, must have been doing a bit of time wasting or something like that. His loan spells up now. The club haven't confirmed if he's staying with them. Have they yet, really? Because, I mean, they're, they're top of the league at the moment. Level on points with Brackley Town, but they've got a much better goal difference. It's one of those ones... I think I'd probably prefer him to stay there as much as, you know, it would be nice to have him back and maybe have him in the first team squad. He's probably not going to be starting games based on the way Millen's doing things at the moment. I'd rather he was there at a club that was doing well. Even if he's only getting maybe 30, 40 minutes a game, it's still better than sitting on the bench and not actually coming on for us, isn't it? I think with the news that Guy may be available this weekend, I think he'll probably stay there on loan because... We would have Guy, Riley, Whelan and Divine who can all 
all play central, can't they? Devitt yeah. can drop in. So yeah, it's probably. I mean, we'll, we'll probably find out either it's Friday today, you know, today or tomorrow. Yeah, but it would yeah. make sense for all parties if we stayed there. Yeah, definitely. I think that'd be the best way of doing it. Um, so yeah, he's, he's doing well there. Six appearances, two as a sub, and uh, sorry, that's six appearances, two of those were as a sub, and uh, one goal. So not not too bad so far for for Taylor. Um, not quite as good for Tristan in terms of uh, appearances so far, is it, at Grimsby Town? Uh, he's made uh, six prints as well, but four of those have been as a sub, and he's yet to get off the mark in terms of goals. Um, he started his first two games of that loan spell, but he, since he's been restricted to sub role, and a couple of those have been very late sub roles, haven't they, as well? I think last weekend, possibly, as well. It was only the final 20 minutes he played against Aldershot. Not really working out for him so far. It's it's a very similar loan spell to the one Man Partners having, isn't it? Mm. We're just about to come on to. Yeah. As in, they both started a couple of games. Now they're both on the bench, and you know, are these players at their true level now? I mean, if you're not getting starts at the top end of national league, I mean, even if we go down, you wouldn't want to keep them next season, would you? Really, it's. To, to be fair, top end of national league is similar, is equivalent to League Two anyway. But especially yeah. in the case of Manpala, though, if he's you know if he's struggling to start now, he's uh... yeah. Well, he might as well move on to Manpala. Then obviously he's at Weymouth. He's made three appearances. One of those is as a sub and not scored yet. He was I think one game he didn't even come off the bench. I think for them um, again. I mean, to be honest, he's one of those ones. As soon as he went online, there, I think most people were like, "Well, he's not going to come back, is he?" He's out of contract at the end of the season. We're not going to give him a new deal, really. Unless he went there and scored 10, 15 goals, even in which case... I it was a cheap gamble who hasn't worked, wasn't he? Yeah, it's one of those ones, isn't it? And it, it, it goes to show sometimes getting these getting these players from Premier League academies, they're just not ready for it half the time. You, occasionally, you get very lucky, don't you? You pick one out and, and they're, they're ripe and ready. But more often than not, they're just not up to it. Yeah, um, we all we all know the risk with these type of players. Yeah. He, he looked all right pre-season. He obviously impressed in training. Uh, he just he obviously hasn't kicked on. No. Once the season's got going, everyone's up to speed. He's, he's without being harsh, the lad is just not our level. No, no, I don't think I'd, I'd like to say that he's not going to get a new contract, is he? I mean, that's the difference with Abrams. We're stuck with Abrams for another year. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. Get, no getting rid of him easily, is there? Um, the, yeah, there well, you maybe, go. maybe that's why Holdsworth's so quiet. He's uh, he's constantly on the phone, getting Abrams <laughs> a move for the summer. Yeah, I, I somehow think not. Um, but yeah, but that that pretty much sums up the loans well so far. So, I mean, not not really going that well <laughs> overall, other than charters. You know, he's getting a bit of game time, playing in a good team, which is good experience for him. And you know, he's out of contract at the end of the season, isn't he? I can't remember if he's got one of those um, options potentially on it, but. I, I think he's yes, worth, he has. I'm pretty sure he has. I think he's worth keeping another year, especially if he's doing pretty well in this loan spell. You know, give him a bit, a bit more time to develop this, and hopefully toughen him up a little bit as well. So, so yeah, we'll see how that goes. Um, I've not put this in the running order, Dan, but it might be worth talking about the uh, the kiosk stuff, the um, the members meeting that's coming up soon. Yeah, a uh, little unit of forty uh, update. Uh, Kiosk have announced their members meeting for Thursday next week, the 24th. Yes, 24th. Uh, it's at half six. 
half six in Foxes, six o'clock mm-hmm. to half six. Yeah. Uh, this is your chance, folks. If you've recently joined due to the UF drive, or if you're a long-standing member who's, you know, not happy with the, the relative silence, this is your chance. Uh, Kiosk have also said there will be a Zoom available mm. for exiles. I think I think you're going to log in on that, aren't you? Yeah, I'm going to try and log in that. I mean, there was the. I, I, I do feel they could have maybe tried a bit more to get it on a match day, possibly. I mean, they they were going to do that before Christmas, weren't they, for the Bradford game? But maybe they're thinking, yeah, well, for that, the Bradford game, but I, that was based on lower members. I don't think they were expecting many for that, were they? No. <laughs> yeah. No. And also, if if anyone's still sort of sat on the fence wanting to see what's going to happen, that you can join on the night of the meeting. Yes. yes. So you could go down at six. Fill the details in, pay your tenant, and you're allowed to attend. So that there's, if if you if you're really bothered, there is zero excuse. You know, obviously, if you're working, etc. Fair enough, but yeah. no, it's a chance to uh, to grill the kiosk board on anything you want. And uh, believe me, I, I know there's going to be a long list of topics from yeah. speaking to people who are looking forward to going. So yeah, get yourselves down or online if you're in exile and. Let's see what the crack is. Yeah, it's your chance to get involved and start making a change, isn't it? That, that's that's the thing, for a positive change for the future. Right, let's go on to the match review section, Dan. We're, we're not going to go into too much detail on this because neither me or you went to this game, neither did Mike, and we, we, we're basically relying on the highlights, aren't we, essentially? Because I, I didn't actually yeah, even listen yeah. to the game because I was actually out having a meal uh, on the Saturday afternoon. Well, it always seems to happen, really, that, doesn't it? When neither of us go to the game, I was, I'm always out having a meal. Um Colchester... What was a meal on a Saturday afternoon? Ah, uh, it, it, it was it was a sort of late lunch or late dinner, if you want. Yeah, to call that. there you go. Um, Metropolitan types. I know, tip, just typical, typical. So, yeah, Colchester United two, Cal United yeah. two. Um, I suppose we've two United... goals, two goals, two goals. Again. I know, it's something to get excited about. I mean, I suppose with the equaliser coming in the final few minutes, you could look at it as a point gain done. But I mean, having taken the lead on fifty-one minutes and threw it away in five mad minutes. Against the team right down near the bottom in the battle with you, it, it's got to be a missed opportunity, surely? At 5-3, to three, you would have took a point from an away game at Colchester. Yeah. But having watched it, there's the argument that it was possibly too dropped. But then when you look at the stats... I don't know. I, I, yeah, they don't make for very good reading, I, do they, against a team that's around you in the no. league? That's the problem. I, th- I, mean, I think it's a point on the road, and that's it. Yeah. I mean, the reports we had from Blues fans that we know who went to the game was that it they weren't very complimentary about the performance, were they, really? I mean, it was described as a, quite a scabby point by a few people, wasn't it? That, you know, we were very lucky to get yeah, something out yeah. of it. And if, and if we played against a team that weren't as wasteful as Colchester, we would have been battered. So it's... Um, yeah, the, the, the key thing is it, it, it's a point gained, isn't it? And we've got to build on that, really. You know, we've ended that losing run. You know, we went for four games without without a win. So that that, that was a big plus, wasn't it? You know, we've yeah. got out the rut. We, we, we've yeah. got a draw. We've scored two. Yes, we've conceded two, but you know, we were playing a new formation. Yeah. But uh, yeah, some positives. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about the goals then. Um, obviously, we watched them on YouTube. I mean, the YouTube highlights. The only there's only really three chances for us. I think Wilson, uh, sorry, Windsor had a chance, didn't he? That um, the keeper well saved as well. But 
the goal. Um, is it fair to say we're probably going to be relying a lot on Amari Patrick to produce a bit of magic for the rest of the season to get us out of games sometimes? It's, uh, I think it may be a feature of one or two games. Yeah. I mean, we, we all know what he can do the burst of pace, you know. It's, yeah, a little flick inside, that kind of thing. I mean, it, it, it's a yeah. brilliant goal, wasn't it? This one. He picked up a, a flick from a ball from a show silver on the left wing, took on his fullback, cut inside, and then just as he got into the air, he curled an absolutely brilliant goal into the far corner, didn't he? Keeper's got no probably chance. a contender for goal of the season, isn't it? Definitely, yeah. Just for the individual bit of skill to get himself free and into space, yeah, and then yeah. just hit. He, he takes it fairly early, doesn't it? it? It's kind of like a. There's no like um, build up in that sense, was it? You just hit it and it flies past the keeper. Really, really good goal. Those United fans behind the goal certainly enjoyed it as well. Um, in stark contrast, Colchester's equaliser was quite a scrappy affair, wasn't it? Don, I think it's fair to say, yeah. Uh, Corner from the left, headed out, uh, and there was a call you play there. I mean, he had no pressure on him. He had time to hook it back in, and, and Smith lost his marker, which was wheeling. He was sort of caught napping, really. Wins the header and plants it past Howard. No no chance, really, for Howard on that goal, was there? I think it's fair to say. And no, Yeah, no. when you see that going, you're like, oh, that's just, just typical, isn't it? And then and that was on 69 minutes. League, league, league two goal, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Five minutes later, 74 minutes. I mean, if you thought the equaliser was scrappy, this was just a shambles, wasn't it? <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. they failed to stop a cross coming in from the left United. And then he fell to right, who's on loan from Aston Villa at Colchester. He had he got three goes at it. And no one managed to get the ball away. A couple of sort of feeble blocks, wasn't there? And then he just hammers the ball into the roof of the net from close range on the third attempt. And it's one of those ones you stand around and think, well, that just sums up our season, doesn't it, really? Shambolic. But yeah, Dan, United did keep battling away and got the reward late on, pretty fair to say. I mean, Patrick showing a good willingness to attack, didn't he? He, he drove forward with the ball, picks out Riley on the right, and he, he feints to go and shoot with his, or sorry, cross with his right, goes back onto his left, and he curls in a great little cross. And... You can't tell from the angle of the camera, but somehow Shasilva manages to completely lose his marker and stay on side. Tries his best to miss the header, I think it's fair to say. Nah, I've probably been a bit harsh there, but it wasn't an easy one because he sort of had to bend backwards and down, didn't he, to get to the ball. Yeah, Puts it yeah. in the back of the net and gets his first goal for the Blues, which is a nice thing to see, isn't it? And Yeah, Keith Millen said uh, after the game that apparently he had a bit of... Uh... Double vision. I wonder if he'd had a slight knock or something of the head. And luckily for us, he saw the right ball and uh, it somehow went in the net. So I, I, I did wonder as well, with him saying he's got double vision, would there be any protocol for head injury? Um, we've, not, we've not heard anything. No, it's a suggestion. So must, must assume that he's... I think it's maybe one where they just sort of uh, keep an eye on them and they were happy with him. So Yeah, yeah, possibly that. So yeah, that was it. And then uh, yeah, but United managed to hold on and take a point back with them up the road. Um, like we say, fairly satisfied with that point in the end. It's a building block to work from, I guess. Um, just talking about a couple more bits about the game generally. Um, yeah, it, the formation. So Millen did promise a change of formation, didn't he, for this game after the sort of shambolic efforts against Port Vale. 
and everyone was anticipating it to switch to 4-3-3, weren't they? And potentially getting maybe Devitt straight into the team and a bit more creativity and a bit more strength in midfield in terms of numbers. But actually what he changed to was a 3-4-2-1 or a 3-4-3-3, wasn't it? Um, John Mellish 3-4-3-3? 3-4-3, sorry. 3-4-3. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm disappointed with only a point if we had uh, 14 players on the pitch. We probably still would, would manage a point before. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, 3-4-3. Three, three. John Mellish returned to the starting lineup. I mean, if the stats are to be believed, it didn't really do much in terms of getting us on top in the game, did it really? They dominated possession. Yeah, um, yeah. And in terms of shots, we didn't really have that many either. Um, gonna wonder if this is really an option going forward. Playing this formation, what do you I think? think it might. I think it might away from home because mm. it certainly puts an extra body at the back. Is, there, is but, it? The, is it the back where the problem is? Though that's the thing. I, I, I think it's a midfield. Well, yeah. we all think it's a midfield, don't we? Get, we? we get do- not only do we get dominated there, but we've got no creativity in there. If you go four three three, you can stick that extra bit of creativity. But have a couple of players in there who can deal with the the other issues, and you know, be a bit. As, as, as I alluded to earlier, there's rumours that Guy might not be far off, and mm. I do wonder if Guy is fit, if he'll then bring Devitt in, possibly because he, he knows he can rely on Guy to do a bit of hard yard. I I, I think you're more likely to see Guy Mellish and Whelan playing in there, possibly, personally. possibly, which I'm I'm not overly keen on, but. It's. I mean, it's almost you, two attacking midfielders, uh, then, yeah, isn't it? I mean, you, you, you could. You could who, basically stick in. I, just, I said this last week. Who would be a manager? Oh yeah, yeah, of course. You could maybe <laughs> put, put Whelan back to to right back, and mm-hmm. have, go back to your mid, midfield three of last season of Riley Mellish and Guy, which we haven't really seen for quite a while, have we? It's. I think. I think uh, it would be harsh. Who would you be dropping then? If you put thing at Whelan at right back, one of Roberts or Armour, I guess. It would. I think it would be harsh on Roberts because, by all accounts, he did all right. Yeah, maybe, or maybe Armour just needs a break from the team. It's one of these things we say. It might be harsh on people, but we're struggling at the bottom, and you're gonna have to make yeah. harsh decisions, aren't yeah. you? That's that's the problem. Exactly. Exactly. For, I mean, he's made some comments about fitness of players and stuff like that, hasn't he, this week? Which for me were a bit contradictory. He talks about the fact that Silver's barely played any you know games for. Sutton and you know you'd have to get used to playing full 90 but minutes and that's there's been, there's been a couple of comments this week I think it was was it after Port Vale mm. he said oh there's no more days off then this week yesterday well we had a day off today because <laughs> we changed because there was meant to be a reserve match wasn't there yeah. in the Central League Cup and that got lost to the weather so they changed it round and he, he's shouting about a day off and I'm thinking hang on he said there'll be no more days off yeah and then a bit contradictory. He, made, he made a he made something about, uh, I think it was, was it Devitt and Dennis saying yeah. they weren't, weren't ready for the start, but they were no, ready for the start. No, he, said they were, he said they were ready for the start was the first thing he said, but then he showed yeah, about, you know, the, you know the, the match fit is fine, but it's the sharpness and stuff. And then he's like, then he says, oh, but Shasilva, you know, he's had to get used to, to, to playing for 90 minutes and he's quite mm. tired and, and thing. It's like, well, how does it apply to one and not the other? And it, we're crying out for creativity in midfield. That's the thing that's driving me mad about this. There just seems to be a total lack of trust, and the obsession is with basically getting players in there who are, are tough and hard. And what's the point in that if you're not actually winning games? They might be tough that, and hard and Port, win the that headers. That Port Vale game, yeah. that Port Vale game, 
in his first 10 minutes on the pitch, Devitt asked for the ball more than the rest of the midfield yeah. combined for the first hour. And his ability, and you could see his ability to turn on the ball and get the ball passed, passed forward or get it out wide. Instead of, con- Whelan, this is not a, uh, trying not to be too critical of him because I don't think he's a midfielder to be brutally honest I think he's either a centre back or a right back but you can see with him he's a lot more nervous and he's a lot more like looking to play back to the centre backs all the time Devitt doesn't do that as much he will occasionally of course he will any player would but he looks to try and drive it forward and we need that in midfield we really are lacking that I mean we were at the game as we said with Colchester but a, a midfield too of Mellish and Whelan in terms of quality, you're going to be really lacking there. It's not really a massive surprise. He struggled to keep hold of the ball for... for the word is robust for that pairing, I think, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it is, it is. And I'm not I'm not convinced 3 4 is the way forward in any shape or form. I think he probably will use it for away games. But for I, me, I, think, I think for away games, away to teams at the bottom, which is what most of our away games are, actually. Mm, true. I can see it being utilised. But who's to say... We might now maybe do a four-three-three this weekend. Possibly, you know, with possibly guy back, Devitt a bit more up to speed. It might be a completely different team. Yeah, it's compared it's, to I, recent weeks, you I know. want to judge. I, I wouldn't be amazed if we picked exactly the same team, though. If I'm honest, yeah, it's just based on experience. I think once he gets an idea into his head, he tries to stick with it for a little bit. Yeah. And then, yeah, then he panics later on. But, but yeah, I mean, something else I picked up in Millen's comment. He's always talking about the fact that we look at what the opposition's weaknesses are and strengths are. I think. Why not build a tit? Just try. It's clearly not working doing that. <laughs> that's one thing that's, yeah. that's obvious. Why not just try and figure right? What's my best possible team to have a go at the opposition and just get at them and try and work to our strengths? Not worry about what their strengths and weaknesses are. Let's have a go at them. That's that's just that's just my opinion. But you know, it's, especially at home. Yeah, definitely. It's especially um, at home. They definitely need to see a bit more of that, especially this weekend. Yeah. But yeah, but overall, I mean, long journey to do. Not not a nice place to go. Just speaking of a long journey, I think Mm. a following of just over 215 considering the position with him was fantastic. Really impressive as well. Really was. Well well done to everyone who travelled. And that's, you know, well before payday as well. So fantastic to see how many many going down. And and nice to see James Phillips back in the commentary box as well, getting some regular commentary. Yes, James Phillips. Yeah. Yeah, good to hear him back, you know. He's, he's not being unhunted, which is on telly at the moment. <laughs> no, certainly not. But no, 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 we don't care about the reasons now. Let's just forget about that. And let, let's talk about the fact that it, it's nice. I mean, and this is not a criticism of those who've done the commentary since then, but it's nice to have someone who sort of is a bit more up to speed and knows. It's what's a familiarity going on. aspect, yeah, isn't it? It, it? it does make a difference sometimes. Yeah. I think you got that with Matt Newsom a bit, and but he, you know he's, he's an experienced commentator. He does the rugby league? And, and Andy, like Andy Wood did one game, didn't he? And Andy, Andy Wood's a good commentator. Yeah, yeah. Team. yeah, definitely. But uh, he's not in a position to do it full time, so. so no, definitely. Right, for that sums up the Colchester game. I'm not really a huge amount to go into mm. detail because we didn't watch it, so we don't really want to talk about stuff we weren't really you know there to see. So. So let's move on and uh, let's take a break and we'll be back with the second half of the show shortly. Hi, this is George Tanner. You are listening to the Brunton Bugle. Could do with him back now, couldn't we really? Are we on a reminiscing here? Yeah, we, we, we could do the right back right now, couldn't we really in the team? But there you go. Um, I'll, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what, I'll make it my mission to find a couple of players and get some new voices. Yeah, we'll try and do that. And see, a, 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 bit of, a bit of Toby Shaw Silver or something, yes. you know. 
let's let's try and do that soon um just a reminder obviously you can subscribe to the podcast on all good podcast apps whether that's apple podcast google podcast spotify acast wherever you get your podcast click subscribe and whenever a new episode comes out you'll get it pretty much straight away once it's uh, uploaded um as well as that obviously if you can give us a review on any of those podcast apps i think apple and spotify are the key ones they they do reviews and you've got some fantastic reviews in apple from people thank you very much for those and obviously you can follow us on social media at brunton bugle on twitter and uh the search for Point of Bugle on Facebook. Obviously, we're also on the Communist.net message board and the Be Just and Fear Not Facebook group as well. Um, and, and you can email us, brundantbugle at gmail.com. Uh, another reminder as well that the sponsor this season, the second half of the show, is the Cal United Sports Club London Branch. The London Branch is open to all Cal United fans, and they've got members from Cornwall to Dundee, Houston to Singapore, and of course, every part of London and the South East. They regularly meet up at away games, and they also arrange many social events, sports games, and do a lot of fundraising for the club. They'll be providing us with information for the away games as part of their preview section this season too. You can find out more about London Branch at their website, carlalondonbranch.org. Okay, Dan, we've got a question from Mike, because obviously he's not with us again this week, but he sent us a question that we're going to do now, and we'll, we'll answer it later on in the show. It gives us a little bit of time to think about it, doesn't it? Come so on, you, Mike, hit us. Hit here's us. Mike's question. A notable player who played for both clubs was Vincent Pericard. Which of the many clubs that he played for during his career did he score the most goals for? And I'm going to pit you off against each other. And how many goals did he score for that club? I don't expect mm-hmm. you to get the exact number, so whoever's closest wins. Oh, that's a that's a good question. That's I think I course. think I know, but I'm not hundred percent. Did hmm. we not do him in one of our previous things where when we were guessing clubs? Yes, yes, we did. We definitely did. So, yeah, it's not it's not Juventus because he only played once for them. So we know that. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Um, all right, we'll have a little think about that, one, won't we? Uh, right, let's do the. Uh, the behind enemy line section, Dan. We finally got one. It's been a few weeks. I've been busy and just not been able to fit it in, but it returns. Uh, we spoke to Rich from the Loathed Strangers podcast. That's an interesting name. I probably should ask him what that's about. Um, I didn't. <laughs> there you go. Um, lots of topics covered in this one. Obviously, the fact that Swindon have kind of defied expectations this season. How the new owner's been getting on since he took over last summer, and of course, we talked about Harry McCurdy. Here's the chat I had with Rich earlier this week. Rich, when we spoke back in August, uh, the takeover saga at Swindon had just come to a close and I think many were expecting a struggle for you guys. I know on our podcast, our preview podcast, I think at least one or two of us predicted you guys might go down. But I seem to recall you were quietly optimistic about being able to compete and even so, you must be pretty pleased how things have turned out in the circumstances. Yeah, very pleased. I think that optimism when we last talked was simply the the calibre (laughs) player that we were bringing in. It just didn't feel like a relegation side, you know, and what does a relegation side uh, yeah. feel like, I guess, is the question. But it just, yeah, we, we people like Louis Reed came in and Johnny Williams, Ben Gladwin, and it just was like, okay, well, this this is far more reassuring what it, that, what it could have been, which we were expecting like League Two jobbers, maybe a couple of non-league players as a worst case scenario. And that didn't happen. But in terms of the way the season has panned out, it's, it's been fine. It's, it's it's really weird, isn't it? Because, you know, the majority of the teams in League Two would snap their hands off. We would. Let's tell you that right now. We would. Exactly. Yeah. And yet we there's been a little bit of angst within the fan base in the last few weeks, which was helped, um, well, alleviated by a win last weekend. But, 
yeah, very happy at a personal level with the fact that we're not in danger of dropping out of the Football League. But really, we want us to kick on and at least make the playoffs. But that could go either way. Yeah, there still seems to be quite a, a good, real good sort of feel-good factor around the club, especially obviously involved in the takeover and obviously you had the big cup game against Manchester City a few weeks ago as well. I mean, how is the new owner doing so far? Yeah, he's doing all right. So the cult of Clem is um, <laughs> is still in full swing. It has simmered down a little bit. Every time he's in the country, you know, he finds himself on Sky Sports. So his PR machine is well oiled. Um, but in terms of the day to day, that's done by people like uh, Rob Angus, the CEO, who's a Swindon Town fan previously the vice chair of the supporters trust so he knows swindon town inside out and he's got the difficult task of getting us back um financially um sound ground on, on sound ground and then keeping the fans happy and really and truthfully the fans are happy if the, the team are doing well so yeah. all that good stuff behind the scenes kind of get kind of gets forgotten about when we draw three in a row that we should have won three in a row and then we lose a couple which we shouldn't have lost and then suddenly you get we're back into the old uh, football fan mode of uh, talking about managers getting sacked but they've done a they've done a really sound job considering their goal was to just stay in the league this season but it has to be a promotion push now but in terms of the PR it's been very 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 good from from the owners yeah, when we played you back in August, uh, we picked up what turns out was a fairly rare win for us this season. Mm. Um, our local radio commentary that day, because I didn't go, I listened to it on the radio. They they said that your defence is actually looking a bit shaky and a bit mm-hmm. inexperienced and could be got at, which obviously on the day proved to be right. But seemed to be doing okay. I mean, how how generally is the squad done so far this season? How how, how are the We'll talk about one player in particular later. I think we all know <laughs> who we're going to talk about. Yeah. But generally, how's the, how's the squad done? Yeah, generally really well. Um, I think the, the, the back four when we played you last would have been Rob Hunt, Critchlow, Conroy and Kessler Hayden. And two of those are no longer at the well, club. But they, they all, they all two of those were players that had played for Swindon previously. Two were brand new loan players. So I would probably um, put it down to that more than anything. Our defence is, is reasonably good. We've just gone back to a back four, which is how we played... Um, how we set up against Carlisle last time, but we've been playing with three centre-backs and wingers for the majority of the season. Um, but the squad bedded in well, did better, possibly overachieved early on. Uh, we went on an absolutely terrific away run. Um, so the points that we were dropping at the county ground um, were being sort of forgotten about because every time we played away, we won for a good while. And um, since then, we've had a little bit of wobble. But the the, the new players integrated really well. They're, they're in line with the philosophy of, of Ben Garner. And we, we can't ask for much more, really, from, from this season, given the restrictions we have with the budget and who we can bring in. So those who have come in have done a done a pretty good job. Yeah. You mentioned after you got for there, Ben Garner. He had a, a very tough time at Bristol Rovers, and he, he's still mm. occasionally getting stick from uh, Joey Barton. I seem to remember every now and then he seems to pipe up about him, doesn't he? Yeah, um, who, no who doesn't? There. <laughs> who, who doesn't, doesn't get stick from Joey Barton? Yeah. I mean, yeah. to be honest, Ben Garner's not without flaws. Um, he is very, very. He sticks to his game plan. Yeah. And a lot of criticism from fans has been that awful phrase, plan B. There's no plan B. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and what is a plan B is is pretty much, you know, the question. But we do like to 
stick to the passing philosophy and when things aren't going our way we don't really deviate from that plan and Ben Garner and his squad are very guarded so Ben Garner does his media duties but not a lot more so I, I don't think I've heard Ben Garner's name sung with within the stands and mm-hmm. they are still quite a mysterious bunch really like there are players that I don't even know what they sound like because they don't do interviews the the the, the 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 official media guys don't do audio audio it's all written text so you know there aren't some of the guys I've, I've never heard talk unless they appear on bbc in the post-match and that's not always the case either so yeah um ben garner's not without criticism but he's doing much much better than what i thought i wasn't over the moon. I don't think anyone was over the moon with yeah. the appointment of Ben Garner because of that Bristol Rovers spell, but he, he, he's he got it. He can be a, a pro manager, but whether he can take us on to the next level is a different matter altogether. But at the moment, so far, so good. Well, just about. I mean, you talk about plan B there. I'd love a plan A in the first place for us right now. <laughs> um, well, I can't put it off any longer. Let's talk about the clown prince, the, the pantomime villain himself. Ooh, yes. Harry McCurdy. I mean, there is absolutely no doubt. I think most Carla fans will tell you this, that he has got talent. I mean, mm. he's for the season with us, I think he played 35, 37 games, scored 11 goals from the wing, and we didn't keep him on, which probably tells you all you need to know, really, that there were, there were serious problems with his attitude off the pitch and his behaviour and the way he interacted with fans, especially. And that seems to have dogged him at every club he's been at in the past, mm-hmm. but it seems to be going okay for him at Swinning. I've seen a few Swinning fans saying, look, he is a bit of a an idiot but mm-hmm. he's arid here almost the same and he, how, how's he doing so far I mean he, he seems to be the star man in the team from what I can see from the outside yeah, yeah it's, it's so funny Harry McCurdy because I, I don't think I'm fully on the Harry McCurdy hype train <laughs> just yet because until recently he is head down run at the goal yeah. even though there are options elsewhere he does he would rather score or attempt a world-class you know mazy run or 30 yeah. yarder than play it to somebody who is free so I do get frustrated with that but he had the month of his life where pretty much everything went to plan for him in January when he scored four in a game he scored that goal against Man City but I I will say a lot of his teammates do the grunt work for him and they put Mm. it on the plate the goal he scored on the weekend everyone went you know was singing Harry McCurdy's name but Ellis Iandolo's ball for that was absolutely incredible Um, made it to the point where you know he couldn't miss he is still cheeky he is still in a position when it goes wrong with harry mccurdy at swindon it will go wrong in exactly the same way as it has done at every one of his clubs he he kind of found himself on twitter and then disappeared again because he referred to watching the uh, swindon town women's team as watching paint dry which obviously becomes a a club issue and he is his up the chelsea um, Chelsea yes, first sort yes. of mentality. So he's he's no different to what everyone else has experienced. But the difference is he's scoring and he's won the fans over. So in and I think I put that down to that elusive nature of the club again. Like mm. we don't really know the personalities of Swindon Town Football Club other than Harry McKe- <laughs> and Harry McCurdy. So him being going against the grain of what media trained footballers alike always goes down well we had Simon Ferry at the club for a few years and he didn't beat by the drum of what is acceptable even though he was much more lighter than Harry Harry definitely has a little a little edge to it which will go wrong eventually but until then fans are enjoying it 
Harry's enjoying it. He's scoring goals. So let the good times continue because we need those goals at the moment. I mean, he's 100% going to get absolute pelters at the weekend oh, yeah. because I mean particularly I think it wasn't potentially going to be that bad but then he made a comment recently I don't know if you saw it on yep. I think it was on Instagram he was uh he's up for any of the Carla fans listening who don't realize this he was up for the like a FIFA, FIFA ultimate thing, team yeah. thing and you know they, they show that player card thing and it was a photo of him a, in a, it wasn't actually a color shirt it's a color training shirt there was a pre-season photo that was taken and he basically said please get it changed I I, I don't like Carla and I always think to myself you don't need to say that, do you? I mean, but bear in mind, we pretty much kickstarted his career because it, it, it done nothing at Villa. <laughs> he's not done much in his loan spells. And it's one of those ones you think, just just keep your mouth shut. But that that's him. That's, he's a character like that. Um, thanks for your time. Much really appreciate it. Before we finish, uh, let's have a prediction for this weekend's game. And just a quick thought on what your hopes are for the rest of the season. The hopes for me, I mean, I, th- I think in terms of Swindon, there's still many fans that will want to squeeze into that third um, automatic place but I, I don't think we will do that we have to go for the playoffs as a minimum um, and in order to do that you have to beat the teams that are 22nd in the league um, and it, it, if, if, if the game goes ahead because I think the weather's pretty bad I mean I'll be saying maybe 2-1 Swindon but our away form isn't as good as what it once was. Uh, we've lost to you already, and we are known to lose against some of the struggling teams. So um, we lost to Barrow, for example, away from home as an instant example. So um, I would love us to go. It's still, what, 16 games left for Swindon, so mm-hmm. the automatics are still there. We're only about eight points adrift, not even that. So um, so we, we can certainly compete to get up there, but playoffs as a minimum would be lovely. But even if we don't, you know, after everything, we have to have context and... W- Everybody, we didn't even do my podcast, didn't even do a predictions this year because we didn't have a clue how it would end up. And, you know, everything looked like we'd be happy with 22nd. We're not going down. That's all that matters. But football doesn't work like that. Football fans can't be expected to go, okay, after 46 games, didn't we try hard and didn't we do well? (laughs) If we've been in the playoff positions, if we've been in the automatics, then we should be striving for that. And I think we're no different right now. Cheers, Rich. Thanks for your time and all the best for the rest of the season after this weekend. Likewise. So yeah, thanks once again to Rich for giving up his time to speak to us uh, early this week about all things Swindon. Certainly having a decent season, aren't they? I think it's fair to say, Dan, not one that we any of us expected on the pod. We all, I think, pretty, did all of us predict them to go down? I think we all predict them to struggle, at the very least from what I remember, but not 100% on that one. Uh, yeah, it's a massive role reversal from when we went down there under... <laughs> Chris Beach, Christ, that seems ages ago, doesn't it? God, it, it does as well. Just when under Chris Beach, day. and <laughs> let's be honest, we we played them off the park a bit in that game. Yeah, by all accounts, isn't it? It's just, yeah. Blimey, blimey. Right, well, let's, let's talk about the the game this weekend then, Dan. Obviously, three o'clock kick off a back. If it goes ahead, obviously, with the weather over the next couple of days, it'll be interesting to see what actually happens. Um, I'm, I've, I've already managed to secure the usage of the car tomorrow in case the trains are off. So I will be definitely up to the game, <laughs> I think it's fair to say. Um, yeah. Referee for this one is Oliver Langford from the West Midlands. It's his 14th season as an EFL referee. I think he's been refereeing at championship level for about six or seven seasons now. Um, he's taken charge of 23 games so far this season, handing out 85 yellow cards and two That's red cards. 
Not many red cards, mine, only two of them. No. Um, last took charge of United game, obviously we've been a championship referee, was a long time ago, August 2015. He oversaw the 4-1 defeat at Plymouth Argyle. Interesting things to note from this game. Uh, Joe Thompson scored his only goal for the club, in I think in injury time, wasn't it? A very late strike in this game. And Kevin Asai made his only start for the club as well. Whatever game. happened to Kevin Osai? He's, he's, I think he went out to Malaysia, didn't he? Something like that, and played a bit of football or Thailand, maybe possibly as well. But I think he's playing like in a, a very lower league in France at the moment because I think. Give me this, one minute and I will tell you. I'll, I'll, uh, early this I'll season, have a I have a feeling he played against Toulouse in, this, in the French Cup, in a French Cup game for his team. Not 100% on that one, but I did, I'm pretty sure he did. I'm just uh, getting it up on the old computer. And he is at Aubain. FC A-U-B-A-G-N-E. Wow. That must be a very yeah. lower level of front, I'm guessing. Yes, I'm... Yeah. He's 30 years old now. Yeah, he's not none that old, actually, is he, to be fair? He was quite mm-hmm. young when he came to us. Um, right, head-to-head record. It'll be the 50th meeting between the two sides. And previously, uh, United have won 13. 21 have been a draw, and Swindon have won 15. So, interesting, because you don't normally get the draw being the highest number, do you? No, no, quite a surprise. Last season, obviously, they were in League One. They were relegated, finishing in 23rd place. Uh, their current position is 8th on 46 points from 30 games, 14 positions at 18 points ahead of United. Bloody hell. Um, <laughs> their manager yeah. is Ben Garner. Um, he was appointed last summer. We don't know how long his... Ca- this is really annoying me, right? When I started doing it in this format, of looking at how long managers have been at clubs. I, I noticed that a few of them I was finding out, but I think about the last three or four, they've not stated how long their contracts are. Imagine if that happened up here, people would just be fuming, wouldn't they? We'd be like, how long is his contract? Want to know? We want to <laughs> Very odd behaviour, that, I think. Um, he's only previously managed one other club, that's Bristol Rovers, and I, I think it's probably fair to say, Dan, it was quite an underwhelming appointment for Swinning fans. It was quite a surprise, wasn't it, when he, he got the job in the summer after the takeover was completed. Um... Obviously, John McGreal was originally appointed to the role, wasn't he? And yeah, then he, and then he left after about two weeks, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he, he basically saw what a shambles it was because the takeover had been sorted at that point and, and left. Um, he's done a decent job, though, Gan, hasn't he? In very difficult circumstances, having to put together a squad very late with not many pre season games. They struggled in pre season. And early on in the season, you know, obviously they won their opening game and then they lost to us. But they really picked up after that, didn't he? He's done a really good job, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, he's done well. Uh, they had a good cup run as well. Obviously, they've got uh, mm. Man City on telly, where good old Mr. McCurdy scored a goal. Mm. And, uh, speaking of, he's, uh, he's got a new contract, hasn't he? Because they're obviously yeah. expecting bids for him in the summer. But Again, no, I don't know how done... long that contract is. <laughs> Weird, no. There you go. No, he's, he's done well because, let's be honest, they were a complete mess when he came in. Yeah. You know, I mean, when when we played them, I think they'd actually just signed two or three of them, hadn't mm, they? Yeah. Uh, was, it, was it Johnny Williams, the Welsh lad? Yeah, he wasn't. He, I don't he think he just signed that game. He's, yeah. he, he's a quality player at this level. Yeah. He, he shouldn't be in League Two. Christ. No. Injuries is the reason, though, isn't it? Really, with him. I yeah. Suppose, yeah. But there you go. But yeah. And and then, yeah. Uh, I'm just going to say, Williams, McCurdy, and Payne are the three who've really impressed me with Swindon and. Yeah. If they manage to keep all three of them for next season, yeah, you know, we could Even have if, a real season. Yeah, definitely. Um, so 
Garner's a UEFA Pro licensed coach. He's got no playing experience, but he's, he's done all his badges, gained all his experience uh, before he moved into management. His first full-time job, as I mentioned before, was with Bristol Rovers. Did not end well at all, that one, I think it's fair to say. Um, current Rovers boss, Joey Barton, has repeatedly criticised him publicly, hasn't he? He's been quite vocal about what a mess he left the club in, Garner, and you know, he's basically very public about it. Didn't look too great, did it, when uh, Swindon went jo- to Joey Barton making comments, fancy Yeah, I know, I know. And uh, Swindon obviously then played. He did it in the build-up to the game against Swindon earlier this, in the season. And of course, what happened, Swindon beat them 3-1 quite comfortably in that game. So uh, probably best to keep his trap shut in the future. I, I, I wonder wondered if he went for a beer in the manager's office afterwards. He apparently said, I'll happily give him 20 minutes to explain exactly what you know he's done wrong in management. I think to, I mean, you've you got really high opinion of yourself, Joey, I think it's fair to say. But, well, um, he has, hasn't he? Yeah, I mean, he's done all right in management so far, but I mean, you know, tone it down a little bit, mate. Yeah. Um, previously, he's had coaching experience, including spells at ATK in Swindon, West Bromwich Albion, and Crystal Palace, where he actually worked alongside Keith Miller. <coughs> mm, yeah. They were both there together at the same time, so uh, interesting one, that one. See, the, someone he actually knows in the, in the game. Um yeah. Last time out, they, they, they beat Strugglers Scunthorpe, as, as pretty much everybody is at the moment, bar Walsall, I think, seeing the thing they beat recently. Um, thanks to a brace from Josh Davidson, of course, uh, Harry McCurdy goal. You know, it was inevitable, wasn't it, really? Form-wise, yeah. they're not in that great form, actually. That win was their first win in a while. And um, in terms of the last six games, they're 17th in the last six games form table with a record of drawn, 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 lost, lost, won. They're United that currently actually sit second bottom in the form table, having been top uh, only a month or two ago. So uh does show things can turn around quite quickly in League Two, can't they? I think it's fair to say. Especially when the games come thick and fast as they yeah, are. Yeah, they have, they have, yeah. Um, in terms of the squad, Dan, um, you, you've picked out obviously some of the key players just before, but it's not the biggest squad, is it, actually, when you look at it? They're doing quite well to no. keep themselves up near the top. I mean... They've had quite a turnover in loan plays in January, haven't they? Cause obviously, yeah, yeah. I, I was just going to mention that. I saw you'd put that in the notes oh. because, you know, they had uh, one or two who've returned, with, but they've replaced them all as well, haven't they? Yeah, I mean, they had Tyree Simpson from Ipswich, who was doing really well for them alongside McCurdy, wasn't he? I think he was a big part yeah. of how well they've done first half of the season. He's gone back to Ipswich now. Um, the, lad from, the lad from Villa was quite good as well, wasn't he? I think. Yeah, I think he's gone back to go out on loan somewhere else, possibly MK Dons. I think maybe. Um, but the, the the one that stands out on the recycling of loans is a bought in Louis Barry. Yeah, from Aston Villa. Well, he went on loan to Ipswich. Funny enough, <laughs> where obviously yeah. Terry Simpson's gone back to, and he yeah. really struggled to get game time. And he, and he's a player who, if, it, if people aren't aware, he he was. Um, I think he started out at uh, was it West Brom? I think as a kid. And then he was signed by Barcelona, went out to Spain, but then Villa brought him back to England. And he, he's, he's supposed to be the next big thing. He's a really bit exciting mm. talent. He's only about 17, 18. I, I think I, he... I, I think, sorry, I, I'm just thinking, I, I wonder with that, as daft as it sounds, of Aston Villa, that's Barcelona to take him for six months so they can sign him. There was that <laughs> whisper at the time, wasn't there? Yeah, I think that was maybe the maybe the reason to avoid having to pay as much compensation. Yeah, yeah. To one of these weird things you've seen them before. The most famous one years ago. Do you remember? Um, was it, I think Robert Yarny. I think it was, um, who the uh, Croatian lad. Yeah, was, uh, yeah, I think he was at somewhere like Real Betis or Real Sociedad or something like that. I think, and Coventry City signed him for two million, and everyone's like, "Wow, this is an incredible signing." 
never played a game for them and then was signed for a little bit more than that by Real Madrid not long after. And the reason was, I think, because the, the, the Spanish team he was at wouldn't sell him to Real Madrid. Yeah, yeah. But they would sell him to Coventry. And Coventry basically... Well, like Madrid, a quarter of a million pound kicker for doing it. Basically saying, you sign him, we'll, we'll, we'll take, give you a little bit more to, to take him off your hands, whatever. So it does happen, does happen occasionally, mm-hmm. you know, just a, those workarounds. But yeah. Louis I, I, that, that one with Louis Barry, I, I think as part of when Swindon have been told Simpson's going to Ipswich. Yeah. I think they've asked, because obviously they've been speaking to Villa about the other lads, saying, well, yeah. if you're getting Louis Barry back, can we take him to replace Simpson? Yeah, I think I think the Ipswich move was a bit of a rude awakening for Barry, wasn't it? I think he's one everyone expected to do really well, and he and he's obviously struggled a little bit, and obviously I think that's maybe like, oh, maybe he needs to drop to a lower level just to get a bit of game time. As much yeah, as anything, yeah. So. so yeah, but yeah, as you look for it, like you said, they've, they've lost quite a few... Um, not a massive amount of experience in there, though, is there really? I think it's fair to say. I mean, Matthew Baudry, obviously, is one who's been playing at this level for quite a while. I think um, Dion Conroy is their captain as well. And Gladwin, I think he's one who, he's got a bit of experience. And Payne and Williams, you mentioned. But a lot of young players in there. Relying on a lot of young players. But yeah, I suppose sure that, it can be done. I think that helps sometimes then having a, a young manager come in almost, doesn't it? Who's not as. Yeah, you know, yeah. He's basically they might be a bit more open to his different ideas, I suppose. So, um, but yeah, they're very possession-based by all accounts. That's that's the, the key thing with Swindon. And even away from home or, you know, at home, they, they play possession football. And they, they, they just tweak the formation, basically, to work around that. They've played four. I think they've they switched back to a back four recently and they had been playing a back three. So whether they'll stick with that, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Um but yeah, should be an interesting game. In terms of injuries, Dan, um, for United, we'll move on to now. Bit of positive news about Callum Guy this week and Brendan Dickinson, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, uh, Guy is apparently the closest of our injured players mm. uh, to the point he could be featuring this weekend. I think with Callum Guy, if he's fit enough for the bench, he'll want to start. Yeah. I don't, th- I don't think there's any middle ground with a no. player like Callum Guy. No. He'll say, I'm ready, and he'll play. Yeah, I can't see himself. him coming. Yeah, I can't see him coming onto the bench. Yeah. Uh, Dickinson is being told he doesn't need an operation, but it'll still be yeah. a little bit of time. Mm. Uh, Gimme Tune was interesting. He had stepped up his yeah. his training, and then I think he's maybe maybe just slightly overdone it. Yeah, that's he's had a little reaction. Yeah. So it's one of those ones, they're just being cautious, aren't they? They've they, they yeah. been out for a while. So. Uh, Millen also mentioned they've been using the 4G at Gretna a little yeah. bit. And mm. they, I'm not claiming to be an expert on sports injuries, but changing surface from grass to 4G, when mm. you're recovering from injury, you don't want to be swapping between them too much, you know, until you've, until you've got your full fitness back but, seem to uh, be the... I mean, remember we had that with, was it with Michael Bridges? He couldn't train when they had to train indoors on the kneel spots, and it could yeah, have his yeah. knee issues. So, so it does happen. Um, yeah. So that obviously, in terms of long term injuries, Kelvin Miller and Joel Senior and Rod McDonald are all still unavailable, and Rod's probably the only one who's going to be anywhere near with that one. I think it's fair to say. I mean, yeah, Senior's next season, and Miller will do well to come back, won't he? I think. Yeah. Yeah, real shame that one. Um, obviously, we mentioned who's out on loan at the moment, and obviously, Luce Bell, although not out on loan anymore, he has to basically see out the, the remainder of his loan, doesn't he? Essentially, before he yeah. can do anything else, which is frustrating, but that's just the way it is. Um, and obviously, um, 
Lucas Jensen, you spotted Dan, uh, was on the bench or playing again for the under 20. He played. After being on the bench, I reported last week he was on the bench for Burnley under 23s. My man in the bushes in Lancashire <laughs> reported that he uh, started. But it only, it only seems to be the Premier League Cup games he's playing, mm. which I wonder if it's part of the loan agreement that he you can't can play, play league games, but he can in the Premier League Cup or something. Yeah, it's a strange one. I, I, but uh, it's, it's just it's, it's clearly not in the picture here. It's one of those ones never been mentioned. I think it's one of those ones almost like that. They're basically like, we can't get him out on anywhere else. We'll keep the loan open. So if you do get an injury, you can come back and you can you know, yeah play yeah, a part. Yeah. But otherwise, he's he's, he's staying well, with us. Christ, surely there must have been a move for him around the Lancashire region in January. <sighs> Maybe because not. you can sign a keeper on loan as an emergency at any time, can't you? True, it's a, it's a very weird. Very thing. strange. Or maybe he has, maybe he has been recalled, and we've just not said anything. It's <sighs> weird. It's really, really Keith, weird. Keith, Keith Millen mentioned a few weeks ago about his keepers, and there was no mention against him. He yeah. was on about the two, and it was Howard and Norman, and it was the two. Yeah, but he he's still listed on the club website. Yeah, you know, and if he's gone back, just say nobody's bothered. He's no. He's not going to be some sort of lauded master, is he? You know? No, no, it's a very odd one. Typical um, Carlisle United. Yeah. In terms of the formation team and all that for this weekend, what what, what would you go with, Dan? 4-3-3. Yeah, I think, I think we're both in agreement yeah. with that one, aren't we? Yeah, 4-3-3. Who, who do you play? Uh, who do you play? That? Yeah, I, was, I think I'd probably agree with Whelan to right back. He mm. maybe won't get up as much as Riley would, but he's more solidly defensively. Feeney and Simu pick themselves in the middle. Left-back's a question, isn't it? Like we, we mm. mentioned earlier. Armour mm. and Roberts. Give, give Roberts again. Yeah, Armour maybe. could maybe do for a little less. Maybe slightly harsh, but, yeah, you know, maybe a little kick up the, the backside. Mm. Uh, midfield, I think if Guy's fit, he plays. Yeah. I would like to see Devitt play. I don't think he will, though. Yeah. I think he's going to still be on the bench. Mm. Um, and who else would you have in there? You're probably looking at... It's Riley or Mellish, isn't it? Yeah, it's a fight between the two. Yeah. Personally, if just for the extra quality, I'd probably pick Riley, but... Guy, Guy, Riley, and Devitt is probably the best trio in terms of skill and what have um, you. It's not the biggest midfield, but I mean, what, what difference <clears throat> is having a big midfield and winning all these things if you're not actually doing yeah. anything with it? There's no point, well, really. Then what, what, what do you do up front? Do you do Windsor and Patrick around Short Silver? It's probably going to be, isn't it? I think it's fair to say. And then is. you're probably looking at Dennis off the bench. Yeah, that seems the obvious choice. If, if, if you started Devitt. Would it be a bad thing to bring Mellish on for the last 20 to go charging about like a bull? No, that's the thing. I, I, I don't know? mind doing that, but doing it from the start of the game to the moment, it's just not And working. I also think if we had brought Dennis on for sure, Silver, hmm. he's the sort of striker who might just pick up off a, a loose cannon off John Mellish's knee or yeah. something. You know, he's, yeah. he's got the savvy for the, the goal mouth. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah well, I, I, think that's, I think that's what I'd go, yeah. I'd pretty much the same as you, mate. I don't think I'd pretty mm. much agree with that. It, I don't think Dennis is clearly not quite right there yet in terms of his fitness. No, he needs no. to work a little bit on it. I mean, it to me, it, it, Devitt looked fit against Port Vale. I didn't see any issue with it. So the fact mm. that he only got three, what, three minutes against 
Colchester was strange to me. I th- I th- strange. Yeah. I think that was just a strange match on Saturday, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And we can't afford that this weekend. I mean, no. we, we didn't really discuss him too much there, but I mean, obviously we might as well do it now before we get into the predictions. Just talk about Harry McCurdy. We all know he's a good footballer, don't we? We all know he's a, he's a, should be playing at a high level. He should be playing championship level, really, with the ability he's got. But there's an attitude problem there, and I don't, I just don't, I, I totally get it. You know, he does his own thing and he's his own character and that. But I don't get the need for all the stuff he says about. Swindon us. fans have taken to him enough, whereas ours yeah. didn't. He's hit and miss, apparently. There's some, some fans yeah. are a little bit more. I mean, our fans, I don't, our fans didn't not take him that much, but it all seemed to stem from there was a one game, wasn't it? I think where he had a go at the Warwick for not getting behind the team or something yeah. when the team was playing shit. To be really honest, yeah. they're playing well. So that you know, you you've got to earn that right as much as anything. You talk about your fans getting behind you, but if you don't turn up and you're not playing, you're gonna get yeah. sick. Yeah. And it all seemed to come from that, and he all went downhill. He couldn't resist, you know, making comments on social media and stuff. And he was he was arguing with them at crew, and then hmm. was it Walsall where we won? Yeah. And he uh Yes, that was the game was that. He, he didn't celebrate. even want to celebrate it. And then end, afterwards, it all kicked off on social media Web- and stuff, didn't it? And... Webster had to basically say, come on, Harry, he was his, you know, Webster's his mate. Yeah. More on him soon. Mm. But, uh, you know, Webster sort of said, oh, come on, Harry, you, you've got to, you know, best dad. And, you know, that was one of the best things Webster did at the club, to be honest. But... Yeah, yeah, definitely. He's, um, yeah, we all know what he's like, don't we? We all know what his attitude's like at times. It'll go one or two ways tomorrow. Yeah. He'll either have the game of his life, score one, make one, and be man of the match. Or, this is part of the reason why I'd maybe play Mellish. Mellish cracks him after two minutes, takes the yellow, but shuts him up for the game. <laughs> the crowd go uproar. Yes! <laughs> Cheer us on to a, a 2 or 3 nil lead. McCurdy gets subbed on the hour to chance of, Harry, what's the score? Harry, Harry, what's the score? And then we collapse and just hold on for a 3 2 win. <laughs> I was going to say, you had, you had to put a little bit of realism back into there. Oh, yeah, you? Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, you can't have the. Uh, it's Carlisle, it can't be simple. No, indeed not, indeed not. But yeah, I mean, it, it, it's like you said, I'm sure you'll be marvelling off on social media afterwards. It's interesting that obviously the guy from the Low Stranger podcast was saying the fact that um, McCurdy re- reappeared on Twitter briefly. Uh, and then made a comment about watching Swindon Town ladies saying it was like watching paint dry, which obviously was a yeah. bit of a PR disaster for the club, I think. it's, <laughs> so it's... In Instagram's his little playground, isn't it? Uh, he's, 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 he's he, he will probably, he'll probably be posting from the bus now about yeah. uh, a trip. Yeah. But the, 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 the guy from the, the podcast was saying as well, he always bangs on about his precious Chelsea as well all the time. Said, yeah, nothing, oh, yeah, not, yeah, nothing's yeah. changed there then really, has it? That's nothing new, so. yeah. No, no. Will, I, I think he's happier at Swindon because he's easier to get to Chelsea. <laughs> probably, probably why, yeah. It's probably fair to say that, isn't it? Yeah, there you go. Uh, right, well, let's do predictions then, Dan. Go on, let's have your prediction. I think we know that we're not going to keep a clean sheet in this one. I think you know you're going to Three, three two win as, as previously described a minute ago. Yeah. So you're not going to give goals. them McCurdy to score for them? No. Goals from Shaw Silver, Windsor, and Callum Guy's going to get a goal. Come back in oh, the team wow. and score. Blimey. A worldie. A 30-yard barn breaker. What have you been drinking? <laughs> <laughs> Callum Guy to score. I tried that one for a while. It didn't work, did it? Yeah. Uh, right, let's have Mike's predictions then. 
I'm going to predict only, I think, my second defeat that I've ever predicted. But it's going to be 3 0 Swindon with a McCurdy hat trick. <laughs> oh, wow, he's gone for it. <laughs> Bloody hell, Mike. <laughs> Bloody hell, get, the, get back down off that ledge. Fly me. Yeah. Don't, oh. don't, don't sit on the fence, Paul. No, not at all. I mean, I, I was thinking of going for a, a defeat. Yeah. I can't but at all. I, I'm gonna go I'm gonna complete the cycle. I'm gonna go for a draw. I reckon a two two yeah. draw. McCurdy will score one of the goals for them, that's inevitable. Uh, but for us I reckon Shasil yeah. Silver will score one. And um Riley. Riley's gonna get a goal as well. So there you go. Shasilver yeah. and Riley with the goals. Right, um, do you want to do uh, the answer to Mike's question now before we do the, the X file section? Yes, I've been having a think. Penny card didn't actually play that many games. No, no, he didn't. A lot less. I'm sure he's only around the 200 mark or something. Mm. On that basis, I would say his most famous spell, it's got to be Portsmouth. I, I was going to say Portsmouth. It's definitely Portsmouth. Yeah. It's got to be Portsmouth. And it's I'm going to say a dozen. A dozen, a dozen yeah. for Portsmouth. Okay, I'm going to say for Portsmouth, he scored... I'm going to say he scored 14 for Portsmouth. Right. So if it's on 13, the pair of us <laughs> yeah. like, it will be to draw. That's, that's the way yeah. it might be a fair way to do it. Um, right, well, should we have the answer to Mike's question? Let's do it now. So the club was Portsmouth, and he scored only nine goals for them. Oh, wow. Just nine, nine goals. Wow. wow, that really is. He wasn't a goal scorer in his career. I think it's fair to say he was a big tacky man, wasn't he? I yeah, mean, he, yeah. we we're probably not far off one of the teams he scored the most because he scored four for us, didn't he? I think or something like that. Yeah. Nine games. So there you go. Thanks for that one, Mike. That's a really interesting one. Um, okay, let's move on to the X Files section, Dan. Uh, not as busy this week. A little bit quieter, wasn't it? Yeah, not too much. Uh, Saturday, Kedwin Scott scored a brace for Gateshead in the four 0 win over Alfreton. Signed a new contract uh, with him recently, didn't he? I think. To yeah. Stay a bit longer. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Harry McCurdy scored in Swindon 3 0 yeah. win over Scunthorpe. Uh, Gavin Riley becoming a regular suddenly, isn't he? Scored yeah. in a 2 1 win over Queens, his former club. Uh, Aaron Hayden scored in Wrexham's 3 0 win over Borden Wood in the trophy. That mm. was it for Saturday. Uh, yeah. Midweek, we've got Paddy Madden scored a brace for Stockport in a 3 1 win over Bromley. But Bromley's goal in injury time. Was a twenty-five yard wonder strike from Byron Webster. Incredible! If you haven't now, seen that, it. is a sentence yeah. you would not associate with Byron Webster. But have a look for it. It's a bloody good goal. Yeah, it's on Twitter. Go on Bromley's uh, Twitter feed. You'll find it there. Brilliant strike. Literally, he yeah. it, it's one of those ones. I think he's just like, ah, sod it in like the ninetieth minute because it was a very late yeah, goal. Just have a goal. I'm just gonna lash and, uh, it. One, one more from midweek. Uh, James Tavernier yes. scored a penalty. For Rangers in a superb 4-2 win over Dortmund in I Germany. Didn't, I didn't watch this, but I was, someone was messaging me about it and updating and saying like it was a mental game. Like they were just battering Dortmund. It was just yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And the other bit, a uh, little bit of other, other bits. Uh, Zach Clough has made his debut for Adelaide. A couple of sub appearances and. He looks happier already, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, it, it's 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 a little bit uh, telling, isn't it? How happy he looks when he's in the dressing room and stuff like that, and he, he's if, putting pictures on his social early, media. Yeah, yeah. If you're up early on a weekend morning, 
and you've got BT Sport, they're sure the A-League game, so you've uh, half a chance of catching him in action. Yeah, it's not a bad standard either. I'd say it's probably maybe sort of League One, lower-end championship standard maybe for the games. It's, it's, it's yeah. exciting, aren't they? They're, 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 they're certainly yeah, there's, there's some good games. Like the, the, the Sydney Derby and the Melbourne Derby are brilliant games usually. Good good atmospheres as well. The fans really get behind mm-hmm. them as well, yeah. And Neil McDonald had a one-match caretaker spell, <laughs> was it, Walsall? Yeah. He got manager of the week for it, so... Yeah. Done well, but yeah, he's been replaced already, hasn't he? Week. Mike Flynn's coming. That's a good appointment. Mike Flynn, yeah. Really good That's appointment. That's another big appointment at the lower end, isn't it? Yeah, obviously, and obviously Bradford have lost their manager this week, haven't they? Uh, mm. d- um, Derek Adams, he's, he's left after, what, 37 games in charge? I've seen a few people something not right at Bradford, isn't it? Yeah, something not right they're there. Go, they're, going through, they're going through too many good managers. Yeah, but at the same time, Adams is one of those people. I think he only works in particular situations, really. I think he's a, he's a he's a very combative bloke, isn't he? And he, he very he likes to go in and ruffle up feathers. I've heard a few people say, "Oh, I'd love to have him, get rid of Mill and get him in here." I, I don't think he'd work with us. Just just my opinion. I'm just not con. I'm not convinced he would work in the setup of Brendan Park at the moment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and obviously another interesting bit of managing news in a League Two this week. Um, Mark Cooper has been given a was it eight game touchline ban, eight game and three thousand uh, pound for comments made towards an official. But yeah. a little bit of detective work. Apparently, it was a female official. Yeah, the, the, if you look at the thing, it, it said it was a basically it was a sexism basically. Charge, and if you if you look it up, obviously I I did a bit of digging and found out that one of the assistants was a was a female official so mm. so yeah it's taking that's, a while that's though. a big ban that's a big ban isn't it it's taken a long time though because it was august when this happened and they've only just yeah. done it now and barrow's reaction to it's not been the best i think it's fair to say they're sort of just like making no real comment on it and saying they they, they haven't had the reasons like, well, they must have had the reasons surely they, they they do usually get these things so yeah, yeah. Mm, interesting one but there you go dan i think that's uh today's episode wrapped up um yeah hopefully we'll be a little bit later this week due to work reasons for the pair of us. But... Yes, I mean, hopefully we'll be celebrating on Saturday evening, drinking Harry McCurdy's tears as we queue for our tickets for the Barrow game in March. Um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a big game, isn't it? I mean, it's fair to say. I mean, if you lose it... Oh, yeah. that's a perfect scenario. What? A queue of 500 waiting for Barrow tickets as Harry gets on the bus after the defeat. <laughs> oh, yeah. fantastic. W- wave him away. Yeah. One, one wave in particular, I think, would be giving him. Um, but yeah, it's a big game, isn't it? Because, you know, if you lose this game, that would then be, what is it, three points from a possible 24 for Milan in the last yeah. eight games? Yeah. Not an ideal situation, mm. especially I mean, and then next week we'd be playing Leighton Orient. And Leighton Orient... A bottom of the form table, and we're second bottom of the form table. So you, mm. it, that that's a huge. Let an audience who we were scouting for. Yeah, they're dropping like a stone at the moment. Mm. So it's, it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks. I think it's fair to say. Mm. Um, we'll be back next week, obviously, with a, a preview of the Orient game, and we'll be obviously speaking to the guys from the Lowdown podcast again for about about the eight or ninth time in the last twelve months. I think it will be something like yeah. that. Um, always good to catch up with them. I won't be going down to Orient. I was, I've had a look at it, Dan, and. I was, I was sitting there thinking to myself, why can't I get find any cheap train tickets from Liverpool to London on that Saturday to go down to the game? And then realised Liverpool obviously are playing in the uh, 
League Cup final on the Sunday, so that's obviously uh, yes, there's yes. no cheap tickets. So, yes. so there you go. So I think I'll be giving that one a miss. I think we'll be following that one from home, yeah. I think it's fair to say. But yeah, uh, thanks once again to our sponsors, London Branch. Thanks once again, everyone, for listening. And uh, hope you have a good weekend. Stay safe in the storm and up the blues. Up the blues. All on your